welcome to the Hindu Parenting Podcast. Today, we will speak about the festival of Holi. Holi is celebrated on the full moon, Purnima, in the month of Palgun as per the Hindu calendar. To help us understand the traditions, the stories and the issues surrounding the festival, we have a special guest today, Neha Ji, who is the founder of Shaktitva Foundation, a Devi Upasaka and many things besides. She is also a software engineer. Namaste, Neha Ji. Namaste, everyone. Really glad that you chose me to be here. I think Holi is definitely one of the top uh, two festivals that we celebrate in North India, and I'm glad to you know share it with you all. Oh, we are very happy to have you on our podcast too. So um, this being a special Holi episode, could you tell us a little bit about your childhood memories? Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I actually am born and raised in Lucknow, uh, the capital of Uttar Pradesh. Um, as you can imagine, that's like the heart of uh, the what they call a Hindi heartland. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have a very, very elaborate uh, celebration of Holi. Like the anticipation starts building up, honestly, from like right after Basant Panchmi. Um, you know, the Holi and Diwali are the two major festivals where, like, you know, everything comes together. Uh, for the Western audience, I often compare that to like, we have, this is like, this is our Christmas, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that big. Um, mm. So yeah, I grew up in uh, Lucknow and, you know, Holi was uh, like, when we were even like younger, like Holi and Diwali are the two times when you definitely get new clothes. <laughs> That's a guarantee. You may or may not on your birthday or any other occasion, but these two, you are definitely going to get nearly new clothes. You know, the growing up, we, you know, the fondest memories are that most of my cousins uh, who are usually busy with their, you know, daily lives, they're, they're working in different cities and so on. They'll all like use the holy vacations to come to the hometown. And we had like a joint family sort of a setup. So we would get relatives we hadn't seen in, you know, months, uh, sometimes even years who will come over uh, to celebrate with us. Neha Ji, so is there yeah. a concept of uh, holy vacations in the north? I've not heard of Absolutely, that. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Oh. So like, for example, right now, my niece um, has her board exam starting uh, on uh, 27th. Yeah, that is Monday. But she will get five days off around holy. Uh, for board. Wow, really? This is news to me. <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, there, yeah, are, yeah. there are vacations for Holi also. Okay. And in fact, my other niece is in the engineering school right now and she is getting a 10 day off. Uh, wow, so she's 10 days for Holi. I think lovely. what they do is they, they integrate um, Holi with whatever the summer, like semester break is. Um, so that okay. it happens at the same. So like say the same as spring break, right? Like, but the, in this scenario, spring break and holy are done together. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So please continue, continue. <laughs> yeah. So we have this. You know, people would come like as you said, like you know, as as, as because you get these longer vacations, you take time to go back to family if you're not living with them. Uh, also, the preparations in the household start honestly even months before um so there is this so when you're celebrating holy in the middle of it like you know in, you're drenched in colors and you get hungry right mm. <laughs> but you can't sit down to eat your regular food right what are you going to eat because you're all like literally like dripping with colors uh so yeah. we have to prepare you have to prepare snacks right okay. that are like 
that are sort of you know homemade fried snacks so the sweets are uh, offerings you can eat those uh, so what we call gujia uh, but other than that you can the ladies uh, will start preparing chips and and papar so chips is mostly potato chips but also other kinds of chips um and uh, papar so i i am sure if you don't know the process of making chips requires you you know uh, slice the potatoes in a certain thickness you lay it all to be dried in the sun and only then for many many days and only then it's ready same is the story with papar oh. so for papar okay. you for like aloo papar is easier like potato papar is easier but if you're making papar from tapioca sabudana oh. then that one uh, you have to make that paste spread it really thin on a plastic and then again put it out in the sun to soak the, to dry and if it's not dry it's not going to fry okay so this is a very very elaborate process that's taken up uh, almost weeks before like uh, i am sure like uh, back in india right now the uh, the process has started in my home so this uh, all um, this happens even now i mean uh, yeah 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 Oh, I mean, it's okay. I, honestly, it kind of depends on the person. Like, you know, you can be as, um, uh, you know, you can do as much of this as you want. And sometimes you obviously the replacements are available in the market. So if you don't have time to make uh, papad and chips, you can always buy them. Uh, but yeah. you know, you're, we're talking about memories. So this was definitely, you know, in the uh, every family and every sister-in-law, mother-in-law that I knew, whether it was a working lady or not. they're coming back and even the entire family is involved to be honest like my brother used to boil potatoes then and oh. we used to help them help them spread so because it's a lot of work you know like one person can't do it um so literally like you know kids will get involved and also it's fun because like we're not now all hanging around it and maybe we get to take a bite of it right? uncooked and raw <laughs> and then our tummies will hurt uh but you know children will be children um yes. but yeah sounds so like it, a whole load of fun really it, yeah it's a very very elaborate process so this is this starts weeks before then you have to plan for the you know the actual holy uh, so you have to buy colors in advance and so on um and then uh, if sometimes you know daughters will visit their maika like your mother's home with their husband yeah. if they're local usually if they're local so during the playing time them them and their like So usually, what happens? You play for a little bit in your home, and then sometimes you, if you have local relatives, you kind of do a tour. You know, okay. like you go to those other houses and play. So sometimes daughters will visit, and then you know, mothers will get uh, very anxious that oh, she's going to visit. So now we have to prepare all of the stuff that has to be given to her, uh, and all that fun. Yeah. So it gets like you know, the preparations take a while. um then the day before holi is the holi the holika dahan we'll talk a little bit more in detail about it uh yeah. but that is the sort of the it's very similar to how the day before diwali is so the mm. narak chaturdashi um that and this one is very similar where you basically the the idea is that you clean your house get all the impurities out of the house um and in this time we actually put the, those impurities and burn it in the bonfire So it's kind of like mm. a evil warding uh, ritual, right? And mm. there is a mythological reason behind it, or like Raja, I don't, I don't want to call it mythological. It's a legendary reason behind it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and then uh, after the after the, I think the next day is the playing with colors, no? And then what yes, happens exactly. after after all the musty is over? And then you have to clean <laughs> clean up yourself. 
is that something people looked forward to or it was no the... no no that's the that's the worst part obviously nobody <laughs> looks forward to it and depending on how you know how uh, uh, you know how, how should i say how naughty your cousins and friends are it that will increase the intensity of the cleanup <laughs> so, so usually like if you're playing with dry powder colors which is like gulal uh, is what we call it in hindi those are mm-hmm. relatively easier to clean up like you can just shower and and shampoo and it's it's more or less it cleans up fast mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. uh, these days sometimes you start getting those wet colors right so you mix yeah, those yeah. They, they it comes like in a very um, crystallized form powder and you mix it in the water and then it becomes colored water so you throw water at each other uh, okay. again that that can also relatively get cleaned up but the naughty mm. part is now at least my brothers used to do this and i am if you've never met me but i'm short hydroids <laughs> okay. right so what okay. they'll do is they'll get that entire box of the, the crystals and put it on my head dry oh my. Okay. not with water so when i'm huh? shampooing now this thing is dissolving okay oh, oh. <laughs> so that's when it starts to dissolve when i get freshly coated as i'm shampooing because i'm showering okay. so for like hours like the water has to run from my head so that the color and will keep coming out and out and out so sometimes i'm actually more colorful after the shower than before the shower so it depends diabolical plan a diabolical plan yeah 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 no, oh my god people get very creative on on holi uh so you must have heard like you know neighborhood boy little uh, young boys will you know may, or boys and girls in fact both they'll make those uh balloons filled with water and they'll you know throw those from rooftops throw, uh, yeah uh huh. to tease tease people uh we all get yelled at for it uh, <laughs> but you know kids being kids um and then there's also like sometimes the, the some of the friends will hide on the balcony uh and they will target the people who are coming to the house right like so if you're knocking and if the balcony yeah. faces the door you're standing up on the balcony hoping to not be noticed and as soon as the as you come to knock we all pour you know color from balcony okay. <laughs> on top of you um but the fun part or you know another interesting thing is holi is in fact there is an entire genre of songs traditional ah. uh, folk songs about holi and in there you'll notice a theme in there right those are okay. very very naughty songs and by naughty i mean like usually there is a you know a decorum of how you talk to people or how you behave with certain relations right so for example mm. you know the the daughter's husband is like a uh sort of a celebrity <laughs> like a mini celebrity in the daughter's yeah. home so like there's like a certain mm-hmm. decorum like you know you want to offer the best food to him and and you want to treat him special and also same thing yeah. with you know elders and in some in-law relationships are also like that like daughters in law will be very respectful for brothers in law and so on yeah um but on holy we call it like mm. you know all all sins are forgiven <laughs> so it, so okay. there is a, in fact there is a slogan called bura na mano holi don't mind oh. this is holy. so i have permission that like okay. that i have like i have an implicit permission to you know break those barriers so what that means mm. is if i am a younger sister usually i'll be very respectful towards my older brother or older sister but on holi i can actually play all these tricks on them and they are not allowed to get angry at <laughs> yeah okay and the same thing it will even transcend those boundaries of marriages and custom 
you know so like daughters in law will sometimes play pranks on their uh, you know in fact their uh, mother in law or like even their brother in law and so on so like that that kind of um license to you know be completely free and enjoy yeah. the festival in, in your you know in in your natural form and that like that laughter and joy that you know uncontrolled or rather uninhibited uh joy mm. is what actually mm. brings the beauty of the festival mm. an opportunity to let off some steam also right For exactly exactly so people look yeah. forward to it uh you know if you've been sometimes like you know if you've had some say let's say you've had a fight with your uh sister in law you know you haven't been seeing eye to eye holy is the time where you get to be you know where you get to you get to take revenge <laughs> or, or maybe daddy if i think that me because she's not allowed to get upset so um, yeah. that there are songs entire songs dedicated on how you know bura na mano holi hai theme okay okay this, this part is so cultural i uh, anybody who's not part of this culture who hasn't seen it growing up we'll have some trouble relating to it and the chance of misinterpreting this is very high i feel But oh absolutely back- in fact in fact this is known right like for example if somebody even from other parts of india has moved recently to some part of north india and they see it for the first time you know it will in fact appear weirdly rowdy <laughs> no mm. like you look like oh my god what are these you know people who appear uh, it's honestly we are having so much fun that sometimes we look drunk but we're not <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but like but if people like so uh, like you know uninhibited that you would feel that they may be like high on something and you'll mm. see groups of these extremely colored people you know wearing weirdo clothes uh, walking around with bags of color in their hands and throwing it at random strangers and yelling oh bura na mano holi hai it sounds very <laughs> cultured right and in fact yeah. like, so it's very common for for you like maybe you're not expecting to be uh, colored but you know suddenly somebody throws color at you and something like that can happen it can sometimes be a little off putting yeah. but you have to understand this is a very very holy is probably one of the most um authentic in indigenous festivals that has maintained its nature throughout mm-hmm. the you know two waves of colonization and even this modern uh, you know fad of westernization we have sort of at least holy preserves that original authentic character so mm-hmm. you know it started off in villages where everybody knew everybody uh, yeah. so first of all like that there was this this imp- light sense of relationship even if it wasn't blood relations yeah. um and then so they first sort of the this was like a community level uh function right and and that uninhibition or lack of inhibition can be a little you know uh, i would even say jarring which is why disconcerting you, start, you know yeah exactly yeah. disconcerting or even maybe jarring which is why you start seeing these you know tweets of so hyper civilized uh, hyper westernized or colonized people tweeting about oh my god this is so rowdy this is so rowdy, you know yeah. i've <laughs> even uh, i've even heard toxic masculinity pop up but like you know if you see my behavior then it's also very <laughs> you know <laughs> probably come under toxic masculinity on that day yeah right? exactly if you see how my behavior you know you, i'm no better actually um yeah. but no but i think um you know but of course there is um at the same time whenever you have some festival like this there'll always be 
elements that try to misuse it and and you know uh pull that off but that's not the nature of the festival like you can't change a festival because there are criminal elements in the society oh yeah uh, that doesn't make sense true. obviously yeah yeah um, absolutely yeah. but yeah to your point you know it is it can be you know a little bit shocking but that's also mm-hmm. why so many people are attracted to this festival like in fact i live in new york and you know ever since i moved here i know that there is a grand holy celebration that happens in new york um and mm-hmm. there is a i've actually even participated in a couple of them obviously we can't do it on the actual date because it's too cold uh mm-hmm. so there the holy celebration in new york is delayed and usually happens in like may um and we book an entire park the haverford park uh is booked uh, for celebration and the the colors are sold in the stalls right there there is indian dancers performing and there's like snacks and everything like it they try to recreate that experience to the extent possible uh because it's just so intoxicating in that sense like you know you if you see it like you know vicariously you want to be a part of it mm it's i think that um, that freedom to let go of any inhibitions is something very tempting for everybody you know i mean exactly. you're always living a very uh, rule bound you know uh, boundaries uh, not to violate them which is of course i think uh, uh, required too but this one occasion to let go is uh, something very uh, uh, yeah attractive. it creates that balance right like we otherwise mm. we are a fairly conservative society right like we have so we live yeah. by so many rules that are implied and you know that sometimes are not even written somewhere but we have these social norms and this the society is very uh, you know strongly structured around those rules that we have for you know followed for millennia so this one day where you get to be yourself and have fun you know and you know tease and play and be naughty and all of that and play pranks on people that you know otherwise would get upset is is you know a, an amazing experience like it just lets you be you know it creates mm. that balance um that is i think very necessary for us to survive you know neha ji in many ways i wish i had known this growing up because i grew <laughs> up mostly in south india and yeah. uh, spend a couple of years in bihar in patna and i i must tell you that my first holi there was very uh, unsettling for me because i had no background of holi witnessing holi at all and you're right i did see many people uh, wandering around wandering around looking uh, colorful you know it's just this whole thing it makes you um, quite unsettled and uh, I, i just wish i had known this to understand it in its proper spirit then correct <laughs> yeah. actually yeah even i remember while growing up holi was one festival where we would get afraid you know it was a bit fear inducing because you don't know who will uh, jump out from where to you know throw those colors uh, even i grew up in the south you know so it, there was a sense of fear associated with holi um it's just that you know you're not used to somebody coming and uh, rubbing so much color on you and you looking like <laughs> a ghoul after that you know so <laughs> we have all these uh, concepts now of personal space and things like that that uh, we have uh, grown up with because we have internalized them so much maybe you know the modern western thinking that we all grew up with so holi is one occasion that uh, doesn't leave you with this concept of personal space and that's what i remember thinking back then but then you know it's always the lens with which you view these things and uh, knowing what i know now 
it just seems like you know i should have relaxed and participated <laughs> yeah, so i think <laughs> like there's now... one more thing though like uh, there is an important you know you bring up a very important point i think what i have noticed personally and i may be biased and if your experience is different i'd be you know happy to hear it out but from what my experience says if we if i am passing by you know all all in the mood and if i notice somebody who's clearly in like you know telling with me with their body language that they don't want to participate then most people will leave them alone actually um unless there somebody is trying to create nuisance people will generally leave them alone um mm-hmm. but of course if you are participating like if you're fully colored and you have a bag in your hand even then i've seen like usually uh, especially with women and women you don't know uh, if somebody wants to play with you they'll come and ask first is it okay didi if i put color on you something like that right um yeah. so that that kind of respect is still there like when we don't completely forget uh, who we are uh, but i think again like as you said like you know very correctly observed that it's all about the lens that you see it from if you were not, weren't scared um and if you were willing to participate the experience may be actually very beautiful it it is uh, because yeah. the first year yeah. i remember listening to you it sounds like real uh, you know <laughs> letting your hair down completely you know so much exactly. fun but and, and but we never got this perspective growing up you know so we, yeah right? because your family was in participating yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah, that's yeah. the difference right like when you start like from like in the morning on the play, color playing day you're actually not supposed to start playing unless you've offered color to the gods and then to yeah. the elders so mm-hmm. i was the youngest and i i was obviously the most excited also uh, to play holi so the first thing i'll do the moment i get up i'll brush my teeth and mom will try to put some breakfast out but i'm not interested and i will you know wear whatever clothes i've earmarked to be destroyed by holi <laughs> i'll wear those and then i will put like a plate uh, of all the various colors uh, and i'll go to the puja room put it on the gods offer it to the gods and come back and uh, wake up every family member and put a tikka on them so that you know i can start playing <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. so as soon as possible like even if you have not woken up the tikka will be there because i need to go so so i'll you know once i'm ready and all uh, the other cousins from other family and we used to live in a sort of joint family setting so then i'll go around the rest of the place uh, offering the same thing and then you know uh, of course every single time i had to be reminded that i should put oil on my body first so we'll take mustard oil and we'll put it uh, uh, earlier so that it stains less like the color stainless if mm-hmm. if you put oil um okay. so we'll so we'll drench ourselves with mustard oil uh, including the hair and then you wear those mm. clothes and so you very already you the moment i enter you know i'm prepared <laughs> for the for what's about to ensue uh, so it starts like that like it starts simple and all the you know every single family i'll visit they'll have snacks on the table ready um somewhere mm. hopefully outside where you don't have to walk uh, too much inside to like otherwise you'll just you know spill colors everywhere so they'll whatever is their visitors area they'll put out like a whole plate of snacks uh, right there and they'll yeah. offer you oh you and then as i said mentioned like you know that special sweet has to be prepared gujia mm. um so that is also a night so in some families there is a culture that you you have to prepare it the night before after the holika has burned like that uh, holika dahan has happened that bonfire has happened and that's also okay. a decently elaborate pr- ritual so mostly all of the family would be involved in that also 
so it's made from um, uh, like from maida which is like you know mm-hmm. uh, filtered uh, wheat flour and you mm. uh, use maida and you add uh, like you know flatten it into a small puri and then you fill mm. it with a sweet mixture of uh, milk solids like uh, mawa and mm. you in they before that you have to fry mawa to to a golden brown color and then you add uh, dry fruits in it and powdered sugar or gur uh, like jaggery and okay. so that mixture is prepared that is the filling of that gujia and then you seal it up in a semi like it's a semi circle uh, sort of shape and then you then it is fried so again everyone wants you to try out their gujia and then you have to praise the gujia <laughs> 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 actually Depending we have similar sweet in the south you know uh, uh it it's called um, uh, yeah what what we was that kajikai in telugu we call it kajikai ah yes uh, yes what you call it but there is something very similar yeah yeah it, it, oh yeah it is exactly that slightly looks different exactly. you know yeah the spelling is different uh, in, in the south i think they put uh, either channa uh, uh chana dal mixed with gourd or they put uh, coconut uh, coconut in we also uh, put, we also put coconut but the base is mawa ha ah, that's so what uh, milk solids are not there i've Achha, not okay. seen milk solids in the southern uh, version of this but you know uh, by the way there is a very interesting linkage here so um, one interesting thing that my friend sahana singh has found uh is that during the reign of king harsha uh, several families and i'm talking hundreds of families of uh, brahmins learned brahmins were invited to live in the agrahara he was setting up in karnataka and they were all invited from the ahichatra state part of uttar pradesh uh, which is now bareilly so actually right. sahana thinks own family uh, traces her origins to ahichatra area um so it is and that is why it's my personal observation also that the uh, some specific traditions whether it's wedding rituals or uh, even this these you know folk traditions uh, have a lot of commonality between karnataka and uttar pradesh mm-hmm. um i don't know if the, this this particular sweet is related or not uh, but i'm just saying like it's it's entirely possible that the uh, you know the so there is some uh cultural interchange that has caused this uh, very similar sweet to have you know come into being yeah yeah we should find a lot more of these linkages you know just to end this whole <laughs> uh north south divide you know completely oh absolutely the more yeah. you get to know each other the more you find out it's so similar you know it is this more common than there are more commonalities than differences Correct. totally i mean the food the customs this there's a lot in common and uh, this whole thing about uh, you know up and bihar i feel the culture is just so vibrant and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not really understood by a lot of people who have modernized and mm-hmm. the beautiful thing is that uh, that uh, area of india i think holds on a lot still to um, respect for elders to tradition and also has a very uh, you know a playful way of bringing out these um, festivals so it's it's a beautiful blend and it comes very close to you know i i like to think of it as india that used to be so mm-hmm. i have a i have a lot of admiration for uh, that uh, bharat that know. used to be perhaps 
you know <laughs> bharat that used to be i like that yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh, neha ji uh, we've had such a uh, great time reminiscing about your holy you know not our holy but your holy and uh, had a lot of fun uh, so uh, i would just like to ask you what um, you know what is the primary story associated with the festival of holy yeah yeah so there are actually several deity specific legends that exist around holy so uh, holy happens on a very specific time like it's right before uh the wheat harvest very close to the vernal equinox now before mm-hmm. i get into the legend uh, of holi it's important to note that this is a very common time for most indigenous festivals like you know where, uh, most non abrahamic uh, fest- cultures around the world to celebrate equinoxes uh is is a very, like you know it's a very common pattern to uh, celebrate specific movements of the moon and the sun right okay. um so um, you know these these kind of celebrations are very common and so this one is also very similar uh, also in other cultures for example native american cultures and even uh, latin american cultures pre christian ones you can find similar bonfire bonfire rituals okay uh, so, so and also i don't know if you know but uh similar to lohri like another bonfire ritual that we have there is a very beautiful parallel uh in pre christian ireland uh and scotland even uh where equinoxes and solstices are considered these very powerful times um so this one holy falls very close to the vernal equinox um and and that is right before the time of the wheat harvest so north india uh, you know for several centuries now wheat has become one of the most important crops uh and so this is sort of a celebration and also an evil warding ritual the bonfire serves as a evil warding ritual to ensure the health of the crops to ensure the health of the people uh and in general well being and prosperity right okay. um so that's the one important like the indigenous commonality of it all uh but speaking of our uh, shastras and puranas uh the first or the most important mention um he is found in uh, bhagavat purana which is also known as shrimad bhagavatam okay. um and there you find the story of the narasimha avatar uh, which is related to hiranyakashipu the demon and prahlad bhakt prahlad um okay. so the story basically goes that you know king hiranyakashipu was uh, one of the two sons of uh, sage kashyap um and they through both of them through extreme penance um had gained several boons from lord brahma yeah. and the hidden aspiration sorry who is it that has gained uh, the boon from lord brahma hiranyakashipu who is okay. the son of sage kashyap but he is a, him and his brother both are demons so hiranyaksha is their brother and hiranyakashipu is the other other uh, son so there are two sons um so they have gained boons from lord brahma and he has this hidden aspirations like pretty much all demon stories to you know rule the entire universe so his arch enemy in the story is vishnu uh because brahma and shiva both are sort of like you know distracted and don't really care about the run, running of the universe right so they the these demons always fixate on vishnu for for these purposes um okay. so this fellow he he has now so he gets a very interesting boon so by the laws of nature you can't actually ask for immortality 
Mm. Um, so when you are uh, when you do this extreme penance and you have uh, have to ask for a boon, these demons still want immortality or undefeatability, and so they get creative. So this guy gets really creative, okay? And so he asks that I should not be able to be killed inside the home or outside the home, okay? Mm. I should not be able to be killed during the day nor at night. Okay. I should not be able to kill from any known weapon or any other thing. And then mm-hmm. I should not be able to be killed uh, by any human being or an animal. Uh, okay. Or I should not be able to be killed either on the ground or in the sky. Yeah. Okay. So he thinks he's so, covered all the avenues all the, yeah, all right. of <laughs> possibilities of how he can be killed. And so yeah. now because these some of one of the criteria will be met. And so essentially he becomes invincible for the most intention purposes. Mm. So now he is convinced that he is like the master of the universe. Nobody can defeat him, including Vishnu, because you know all of these rules sort of apply to everybody. It doesn't matter who is killing him. Um, so he is full of ego and greed and jealousy and like you know uh, confidence. And he d- establishes a rule in his kingdom that nobody except him can be worshipped. So he declares himself as the one true uh, male jealous god. So. He is now the only god that is allowed to be worshipped in his kingdom. Now, as you can imagine, the entire kingdom is full of people who've been practicing their dharma for years and years. Um, and suddenly this diktat comes. So he reigns a yeah, terror on all of these people. Any Anybody who tries to oppose us is instantly killed. So this goes on for, in fact, decades. Uh, and all of his subjects are, you know, reeling under this persecution, except for one person who's Hiranyakashipu's 10-year-old son, Prahlad. So mm-hmm. he is fully defined and he does not care whether he lives or dies. He is only going to worship Vishnu. So initially, uh, you know, Hiranyakashipu is angered by his son's defiance. So he says, he sends him to this Patshala where he already has convinced these Acharyas to impart, you know, the, the teachings of Hiranyakashipu. So they are trying to convince uh, Prahlad that he should forget about all other gods and he should only focus on Hiranyakashipu. Because mm-hmm. Hiranyakashipu is, is undefeatable and that's not true for... Uh, so he that makes him superior to Vishnu. Uh, but Prahlad, who is already well-versed in the teachings of Sri Mahavishnu, he defeats them in a philosophical debate. Okay. Um, these, these you know, uh, sages are very uh, upset and convinced, in fact, but, you know, they, they will lose their heads if they start agreeing with him. So they are, you know, uh, uncertain and they go back to Hiranyakashipu that I cannot convince this kid. So he is again angered. And this time he says, okay, I'm going to make an example out of you. So I'm going to punish you in such a, you know, tyrannical way that anybody else would think twice before uh, disobeying me like this. And imagine this is a 10-year-old son, his own son, that he is waging this war against. Now, mm-hmm. according to the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, verse 7.5, uh, he tries to crush him with an elephant. The Hiranyakashipu tries to cr- crush his 10-year-old son Prahlad by elephant, attack him with huge snakes, cast spell of dooms, throw him from heights, to conjure tricks, mm-hmm. imprison him, administer poison and subject mm. him to starvation, cold, wind, fire and water. He threw rocks at him. But none of these means uh, the demon succeeded in putting his son, the sinless one, to death. With his prolonged efforts having no success, he got very nervous. 
so at this point he enlists a list of long list of demons he had in his army and he unleashes all of them on prahlad Mm-hmm. all of them fail they are all the prahlad is saved from all of them because of the blessings of shri vishnu so eventually hiranyakashipu finds his own sister holika now holika also has a boon she has mm. a boon that she has been granted a cloak or like a cloth uh, that okay. protects the wearer from being burned in okay. the fire so she can mm. if she adorns herself with this cloak and she sits in the fire she will not be burned okay so on hiranyakashipu's command uh, this woman lures her her young nephew uh, into sitting on a pyre he, she puts mm. the nephew on her lap puts the cloth on her own self and sits on a pyre and the pyre is lighted okay. so as the fire starts raging the wind blows again from the blessing of shri vishnu and covers prahlad and uncovers uh, holika mm. so instead of prahlad getting burned holika gets burned okay and and the innocent child is saved now eventually i I'll, and this is the relevant this is the moment that is celebrated uh, as holika dahan i think we will stop at this point for today and we will discuss further in our next podcast which will be coming up very soon we have so much to discuss with neha ji and uh, there is just so much more fun awaiting y'all in a few days time so we will take a break for this uh, podcast and come back to the second part of this podcast in just a couple of days time so please hang in there and wait for the continuation of this episode thank you and namaste